Welcome to The Fanboy and the Hater, a podcast about the best and worst in movies, TV, and pop culture. This is a Jimmy-sode, a mini-episode produced, hosted, and edited by Jim Harris. So the views and opinions expressed are all Jimmy's. This episode of The Fanboy and the Hater occasionally uses strong language some may find offensive. Listener discretion is advised. Why can't I say fork? If you're trying to curse, you can't hear. That's bullshit. That is bullshit. Or more precisely, that's bullshit. In this episode, I'm asking, what the alternative F? As I examine why we use alternatives to swear words like fuck on television and in movies. This debate, of course, goes back over 40 years and was probably most famously started by George Carlin's stand-up routine about the seven dirty words that you can never say on television. I was trying to find out what these words might be, and I wanted to know the ones that you could never say on television. We have more ways to describe dirty words than we actually have dirty words. That seems a little strange to me. It seems to indicate that somebody was awfully interested in these words. They kept referring to them. We called them bad words. Dirty, filthy, foul, vile, vulgar, coarse. In poor taste, unseemly, street talk, gutter talk, locker room language, bawdy, naughty, saucy, raunchy, rude, crude, lewd, lascivious, indecent, profane, obscene, blue, off-color, risque, suggestive, cursing, cussing, swearing, and all I could think of were shit, piss, fuck, cunt, cocksucker, motherfucker, and tits. In a 2004 NPR interview about his list of famous words, George Carlin said, These words have no power. We give them this power by refusing to be free and easy with them. We give them great power over us. They really, in themselves, have no power. Now, please don't misunderstand. I'm not suggesting that no words have power. Words can be very powerful. Words can also be wielded as weapons and be very hurtful, including some of the words on that famous list. I also understand if you're a parent, you may not want your children to be exposed to profanity at too young an age or without your consent. In fact, you may even lament that some of the words on that list are actually becoming far more frequently used on television. You're going to say shit on television? You can't say shit on television. While it has become rather common to be able to say shit on television, even more common is the use of alternative swear words, where basically shows invent words as substitutes for swear words in order to get past a censor or profanity filter. You're fucking sneaky bastard. And it's really those alternative swear words that are the main subject of this episode. Because when we hear those alternatives, we know what words they're being substituted for we know what they're really saying. You know I'm trying to say asshole and not asshole, right? I got that, yes. Fuck you! I think she said feck. What's the difference? And that's exactly my point. What's the difference? What's the difference between saying fork or feck or I don't give a fuck versus saying fuck, fuck, I don't give a fuck. And those are certainly not the only alternative Fs. 
There are so fracking many. Just a few that I've highlighted so far. Fork from The Good Place. Frack from Battlestar Galactica. Then there's Frell from Farscape. And Smeg from Red Dwarf. And if you're not familiar with those last two, both Farscape and Red Dwarf are science fiction shows. If you've never seen either of those, then what in a hasmana are you waiting for? Farscape is not a piece of dren. It's frelling awesome science fiction. And if you've never seen Red Dwarf, go smeggy watch Red Dwarf. One of my other favorites from science fiction is Gorum from Firefly, which was actually a substitute for Goddamn, which some of my religious friends have told me is actually the worst swear word. And other shows, such as 30 Rock, also use excellent alternatives like Blurg and Jagweed. Not to mention one of my all-time favorites from my childhood, Shazbot from Mork and Mindy, which was how they allowed Robin Williams to say shit on television. Not only are there so many alternative words that are invented specifically for television, again, we know exactly what the alternatives are being substituted for. We know what they're fucking really saying. As opposed to when movies with profanity in them get edited to be run on broadcast television, they sometimes have substitutions that if you haven't seen the original movie, you have no fucking idea what they're actually trying to say. Hand me the keys, you fucking cocksucker. Hand me the keys, you fairy godmother. See what happens, Larry? You see what happens when you fuck a stranger in the Alps? You see what happens, Larry? You see what happens when you find a stranger in the Alps? Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. Yippee-ki-yay, Mr. Falcon. I have had it with these motherfucking snakes on this motherfucking plane. I have had it with these monkey-fighting snakes on this Monday to Friday plane. Probably the only time that I prefer profanity alternatives in movies and television, I think it's actually much more funny and creative to deliver insults without using regular swear words. Half-witted, scruffy-looking nerf herder. I don't think I'm quite familiar with that phrase. I'll explain, and I'll use small words so that you'll be sure to understand, you warthog-faced buffoon. Math tutor? Pinhead? Prison barber? Mother lover? Nearsighted gynecologist? Lying, crying, spying, prying, ultra pig? You lewd, crude, rude, bag of pre-chewed food dude? You dirt-eating piece of slime? You scum-sucking pig? You son of a motherless goat? I fart in your general direction! Your mother was a hamster, and your father smelt of elderberry! <laughs> I love me some Monty Python. But back to the core point of this episode which is about swearing on television. That George Carlin stand-up routine that I mentioned and played a clip of earlier actually led to some landmark legislation in the United States when in 1978 the Supreme Court declared that the Federal Communications Commission had the authority to regulate indecent material in broadcast media. Recognizing that the United States government had strong interest in shielding children from potentially offensive material and ensuring that unwanted speech does not intrude on the privacy of one's home. The ruling was focused on indecent but not obscene material, both which were a little bit ambiguously defined, 
And they also ruled that the FCC had the authority to prohibit the broadcast of that potentially indecent material during hours where children were likely to be among the audience, which for a while in the United States meant that if you were going to say potentially offensive things on television, you had to do it after 10 p.m. at night when the kids were supposedly asleep. Over the years, some performers and producers of content intended for broadcast television have cited the positive aspect of such content restrictions can be that they force you to be creative. One of our favorite shows, The Good Place, was a great example of that. Holy motherforking shirtballs. The other alternative is to simply bleep out the swear words. Historically, bleeping was only used on unscripted shows, but nowadays it's actually written into some scripted television. It's not as creative, but it does leave open to the audience's imagination what words actually were bleeped. And some shows, like Modern Family, actually used it to great effect, including it in an excellent scene where they actually dealt with the parental issue of children swearing, where Cam and Mitchell were arguing about how to best deal with the fact that their young daughter Lily said the word fuck for the first time, and whether or not they should reprimand her for it. No, that just gives it more power. The less we make of it, the better. Let's just pretend like it never happened. Okay, yeah, maybe, it, maybe it didn't. Maybe we, maybe we missed her. Yeah. Maybe she said trot or duck or luck. She could have said yeah. Daddy, can you have some ice Honey, if you're hungry, you can have some fruit. Now, the other thing in the United States especially that influences both broadcast television and basic cable regarding swearing on television is that they both have revenue models that are largely advertisement-driven. So it's not just about government regulation and fines that they're concerned with. They're concerned with potentially losing advertisers, sponsors, or even potential viewers if they include any or an excessive amount of profanity in their programming. Now, government regulations, like I cited earlier, in the United States at least, do not apply to paid cable and subscription services, where I guess the mentality is, is you get the fucks that you pay for. One of my favorite examples of that is the HBO television series Deadwood, which over the course of its run was estimated to have used the word fuck and its derivatives almost 3,000 times and with an average of 1.5 fucks per minute of footage. In fact, they used both of the C words from George Carlin's famous list quite often. You cocksucker. Let me pose you a question, E.B., you fucking cunt. You don't want to be talking that way. Oh, don't tell me how to talk in my own fucking place. Shows like Deadwood are also a good example of a counterpoint to what I had mentioned earlier about some performers and producers claiming content restrictions can force creativity. Others claim that authenticity is the real reason for the inclusion of profanity in some programming. Some have cited Deadwood as an example of how it was depicting a very rough and crude time in American history, and if there wasn't at least a certain degree of profanity in the show, 
then it wouldn't have felt as gritty and real and authentic. I myself happen to just find profanity amusing, so I also appreciated that aspect of the show. Another way of looking at some of this stuff is whether or not the inclusion of swearing in television on paid cable and subscription services actually makes the shows any better. Like, would a show like Deadwood, if it was on broadcast television or basic cable, would it have been a worse show if it couldn't have used as much profanity as it did? That's arguable because there were still lots of other aspects of the show that made it excellent viewing. I will admit that one of the reasons why I like the Netflix show Witcher is because I really am amused every time Superman drops an F-bomb. Oh, fuck. You can rightfully criticize me for being a little bit juvenile about that. Which is why I think swearing simply for the sake of swearing is not really all that creative. So just because you can use profanity on paid cable and subscription services doesn't mean that you have to or that you should. And if you are actually going to include profanity, do it in a creative way. Do it for a purpose. Another HBO show, Veep, is commonly cited as actually making vulgarity an art form. What do you think of Dan? Oh, Dan is a shit. Do you want to expand on that? When you first meet him, you think, surely to God, this man can't be as big a shit as he seems. But he is. If there were a book with covers made of shit, you'd think, that's intriguing. I wonder what's in this book that they saw fit to give it covers made of pure shit. And then you open it and shit. The Jonad Files. J-Rock, Jizzy Gillespie, Jack and the Giant Jackoff, Galeon, Tinkerballs, Wadzilla, One Erection, The Pointless Giant, The 60-Foot Virgin, Jimpanzee, Jonah Ono, Hagrid's Nutsack, Scrotum Pole, Transgender Formers, 12 Years a Slave to Jerking Off, Benedict Come in His Own Hand, Guy Scraper, The Cloud Botherer, Supercalifragilistic Expialy Dick Cheese, Teenage Mutant Ninja Asshole, Spubaka. I was trying to use Jonah for intelligence. That's like trying to use a croissant as a fucking dildo. Let me be more clear. It doesn't do the job, and it makes a fucking mess. Shall we recalibrate our language, Roger? It's Congressman Furlong to you, Gray Elvis. So take the periscope out of your asses and look at the warhead of shit that's coming at you. If you're offended by profanity or you're concerned about your children hearing profanity without your consent, I can understand why you would look at swearing on television as being a warhead of shit coming right at you. But I think it's also important to acknowledge the arbitrariness and subjectivity of what is considered profane. George Carlin's Seven Dirty Words are often cited as an example, but those are not the only bad words. They might not even be the worst words. And just to show that this is not just a discussion about the United States, I would like to cite a great sketch from an incredible British show, the sketch comedy series A Bit of Fry and Laurie, which if you've never seen it, I highly recommend you checking it out. It's an older show now, but still, it holds up well, and if you're a fan of British comedy, British humor, you'll enjoy it. But in A Bit of Fry and Laurie specifically Season 2, Episode 3, if you wanted to jump right to it, 
they actually did a skit lamenting how even in the UK, there are words that you're not supposed to say on television. So they constructed a skit to point out what people consider to be profane is very arbitrary and subjective. And they got around it by inventing completely made up swear words and then doing skits using them such as the following, which is a sketch of a constable delivering testimony at trial about words that a suspect uttered while he was being arrested. Why don't you ram it up your pimhole, you fusking cloth prunker? What exactly is a cloth prunker? An illicit practice whereby one person frangulates another's plimp. He or she gratifies the other party by smuck-tating them avially. How absolutely disgusting! Skank off, you cloffing cuck! You're all a load of shout-bag fuskers, so prunk that up your prime-ministering pimhole. I told him to mind his language. So as you mind the forking language used on television, I ask you to think about the shazbot that mother frackers, cloth prunkers, and jagweeds frelling use as gorum alternative swear words and smegging yell blurg. Because if you know what they and I are really saying, then what the alternative F? That's it for this jimmy Sode. Thank you for listening to The Fanboy and the Hater. You can find all of our episodes on all major podcast platforms and players. You can follow us on Twitter at fanboyandhater, and you can email us at thefanboyandthehater at gmail.com.